manage and be like, Amber, what if you're this close? Right, what if you're yeah. this close? You're really going to give up now after 15, 16, 17 years of working for this? You're going to give up now? For what? You know, like, I really just couldn't see myself doing anything else. And I was like, I have to make this work. But it was the first time I ever said that I was done racing. Like, I fully said to my parents and my fiance, I said, I'm done racing. And that lasted one day. <laughs> I'm doing everything I can outside of the track to make sure that I'm ready when I'm at the track. I've worked eight years for this, for this moment, eight years. I love being yeah. underestimated. Like, I love it. Like, I love yeah. when people look at me and I can tell they're like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. and I'm like, all right, watch me. Like, yeah. I love it. I, I, think it's, I think it's the best. And like me as a driver and an athlete, I want to win more than anything. So I put more pressure on myself to win and do well than anyone else does around me. All right, ready to go? She's going to call Lightning McQueen out. <laughs> Welcome back to the number one podcast in Winnipeg, a.k.a. Two for a Rise, where we document the rise and stardom of Winnipeg's talent and personalities. Hit the subscribe button. Get us to 1,000 subscribers. Keep showing us love. Happy New Year. And let's, let's get into this one. You're going to like this one. 2022 is set on to a great start. Let's bring on our guest for today. She's the first Canadian female to ever win a NASCAR-sanctioned race in the United States. She's a motivational speaker. She's an entrepreneur. Please welcome Amber Balkan. Let's go. <laughs> Huge studio crowd. Yeah, love, I, but kind of really because yeah. there's like 10 of you in here. So. <laughs> yep. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks we appreciate for having you me. here. Uh, we're going to start off with it. You can give yourself an intro as well. Let the people know who you are. We know a little bit about you, but let the people know what you are about and who you are. Yeah, for sure. Well, my name's Amber Balkan. I'm from Winnipeg, Manitoba. I currently live in the States now. Um, that's where I had to move for racing. NASCAR capital is North Carolina, so that's where I'm located. But this will be my 20th year of racing, which sounds crazy wow. to say, makes me feel old. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm also super grateful and super thankful that I've been able to race for this long. So um, excited to see what kind of questions you guys <laughs> got for me today. Yeah, of course, like 20 years of experience in the NASCAR, right? It's like crazy half your life pretty much where did that start for you yeah so i actually started locally racing dirt so mm -hmm. i started in go-karts i actually mainly raced in north dakota and minnesota and then i moved up to what are called lightning sprints or some people know them as mini sprints mm -hmm. and i raced locally here at red river co-op speedway just outside of winnipeg and um was winning quite a few races and kind of caught the eye of some people in the states and started racing a, a 410 sprint car which is a larger sprint car down in the states and was doing really well and caught the eye of the NASCAR Diversity Combine. And being from Winnipeg, you know, NASCAR isn't something that yeah. is overly popular here, no. something that I thought that I could even achieve. Um, all my, my whole family races, but they all race dirt and they have a regular nine to five job and race mm -hmm. as a hobby on weekends. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, how I thought it was going to be too. I went to Red River College and got my business uh, administration two-year thing there and then I went to the University of Manitoba to get the four-year program and I was just sitting in class one day and I was just all I do is daydream about yeah. racing and, and <laughs> being in the states and and you know living this dream and I finally had my aha moment when yeah. I was sitting in class and I'm like what am I doing here like I don't want to be here like yeah. I want to be racing yeah. and so that day I w went home to my parents and I said I'm I'm dropping out of university and I'm going to wow. try to become a pr professional race car driver and, and really do this as my career um, and that was when I was 21 I'm 29 now so um, a lot has happened 
through then yeah. it, it's been a really really difficult journey I my parents said you know this is gonna be really hard and yeah. I had no idea how actual tough it was gonna be and um Racing, especially NASCAR, requires a lot of funding, a lot of financial backing, and that's something my parents weren't able to give me, and so that made it a lot more difficult, but um, they always morally supported me, and Mm -hmm. that's all I needed. Yeah, I'm sure you get this question a lot, but how did you, as a young kid, when you're at the races, or how did, what was your dream when you, your dream was to be a race car driver at younger, but what was the environment like when you were younger, like young, young, I'm talking? Yeah, so I grew up all surrounded about around racing like I was in my mom's belly at the racetrack so like I watched my dad race my whole life and you know I missed out on a lot of birthdays and a lot of like school events and because I rather just go racing with my parents and watch my dad race and um even when I was racing go-karts the races were on Wednesdays so I'd go out you know take Wednesday afternoon off Mm -hmm. and drive to Grand Forks and race and um it's it's always what I wanted to do it's not that my parents pushed me into it. I actually had to beg my dad to let me race. And my mom finally said, you know, my dad didn't let me race because I was a girl and like, we can't do that to our daughter. So, um, that's, that's how that started. And I, I always knew I wanted to race All my cousins raced and my, my dad, my uncle, my grandfather. And, um, it's just been my whole life. And I knew that I wanted to race, but you know, at, at nine years old, I didn't know if I was going to be good at it or not. And my first race, I think I got second, my second race I won. So I'm like, all right, we got something uh, here. Yeah. And, um, I enjoyed it so much that I just, I just knew I wanted to race as long as possible. Um, my ultimate dream when I was young was to race a 410 sprint car. And I achieved that when I was 21. And so now looking back to to see what my goals are and every time I reach a goal you move you move the the pedestal and now it's this goal and then you reach that goal you you move it farther so if if you told 10 year old Amber like you're going to be racing at Daytona one day I'd be like no no freaking way (laughs) you know but yeah I mean you're living every kid's dream right like (laughs) you'd speak to like a 10 year old kid yes I want to be a race car driver what is that like uh, I mean, it sounds cool and yeah. like, don't get me wrong, like <laughs> being in a race car is awesome. And yeah. like, I'm addicted to adrenaline. I love going fast. The The uh, feeling you get in a car is like no other. Like it, you're completely out of reality. You're so focused on hitting your marks and passing that car in front of you that you're just, you're like in a whole other world. And I think that's what I'm so addicted to is like mm-hmm. that feeling of you're not thinking about anything else. You're just so focused and in the moment, like you truly get to feel what it's like to be in the moment when you're in a race car. And, um, that is one of my favorite parts of it. And, uh, you know, I've had a lot of struggles throughout my career and um there's a lot of years I didn't have sponsorship and I didn't know how I was going to get it and um you know a lot of mental toughness was required for sure but I knew that the thing that kept me going was the belief in my potential and also knowing that if I can do this and show people you know you don't need all the tools in the toolbox to build the life of your dreams you just got to work really hard be super disciplined and consistent and um, just keep pushing forward. And, and if a, you know, a girl from Winnipeg with no financial backing, who's a, in a male dominated sport an American sport Uh and a Canadian, like if she can do that, then I can do anything. So that's been my biggest motivation is just showing people like you don't need to, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter who you are. Like if you, if you put in the work, you can make your dreams come true. That's very powerful. That's very powerful. And I think that applies to all aspects as well. I mean, I remember as a kid watching Lightning McQueen, Cars was my thing. You know, you could ask me any show, Cars was the thing I wanted. And when I f- when we reached out to you, I was just so fascinated that you were a race car driver. Yeah. Like, 
I, you know, I, it's a dream as a kid to be like, yo, I want to race a car, but for, for you to actually do it, that's a whole nother thing. And I, I, I commend your, you know, um, discipline and consistency towards that. First of all, thank you. I want to ask you about like the technic technicalities of NASCAR because we weren't too familiar about it until yesterday. But um, can you talk about how exactly NASCAR works? And I know you started on dirt as well. So how that transition works? Yeah, definitely. So NASCAR, like many other sports leagues, has um, quite a few different layers to it. Um, so we have the NASCAR Cup Series, which is the top series of NASCAR that you see on Sundays on TV. Then there's the NASCAR Xfinity Series, NASCAR Truck Series, um, and then also the NASCAR ARCA Series. And then underneath that is the NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series. So that that's more of a regional series. That's, that's the race that I won. Mm -hmm. um, my goal is to obviously make it to the Cup Series, but it's, it, it's a very tough goal. Um, how, how I like to describe it is, to people is, you know, there's 40 or so players on an NFL team, right? Or maybe more, 50, 60. Sure. There's only 32 drivers at the yeah. top level. Oh. And, you know, in an NFL team, there's however many NFL teams, there's yeah. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of players in the NFL. Yeah. There's only 32 spots oh. in NASCAR at that top level. Wow. And it, even if you combine all five, four of the top levels, it's, it, you know, a little under 100 people. So to make it in this sport is like a point zero 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 one percent chance. Like it's very, very difficult to make it in this sport. So that's why, like when I when I said, you know, I'm going to be a NASCAR driver, people like, yeah, okay, yeah, like, yeah. good yeah. good one, you know, it's like, but I was like, no, like, I'm, I am, like, yeah. watch, like, just watch me, and I had, I've had so many people tell me no and laugh in my face, and, um, but I just, like, have this inner drive that, and that almost makes me go more, like, it's like, if you tell me I can't, it's going to make me want to do it even more, yeah. so um, that's another reason why I've never given up, because I'm just like, no, I need to prove to myself that I can do this, and, and, you know, it's nice to prove to everyone else that I can do it too. What was that like, like going up in like a main male dominated sport, right? Like I'm sure that definitely impacted like mental, right? Like it was very tough to get into it, right? Sure. I think like what I get at the question a lot to younger girls, like hmm. what's your best advice for a younger girl trying to get into racing? Right. And my answer is take gender out of it completely. Hmm. Like forget that you're a female and they're males. Like take it out completely. You're a driver. Mm -hmm. When you put that helmet on, doesn't matter, doesn't matter if you have yeah. fake lashes on or lipstick. They can't see that. A car yeah. doesn't know gender. Right. When you put a helmet on, you're a driver and focus on being a driver. Focus on, you know, developing your skill set and, and practicing so that, you know, you, you have the ability and you can be just as good. I'm so lucky to be in a sport that men and women can compete at the same level. Right. Like there's not many sports nope. like that. So that, that in itself, I feel so grateful and lucky for. And, um, I, I've only ever been a female in a male sport. Right. Yeah. So like, I don't know any different. Yeah. Um, there definitely, you know, when people first see me, they don't really take me seriously until they see my results on the track till they, find out how hard I have to work behind the scenes to even get to the track. Mm -hmm. um, that's when the respect comes eventually. But initially, especially, too, because I am a feminine girl, too. So um, it's sometimes they don't take me seriously right away. But right. once they get to know me and, and see my ability on the track, then, then the respect starts to come. Mm -hmm. NASCAR is also a unique sport in terms of, like, your practice for it can cost you a lot more money. And I know you've talked about this before as well, but... Like comparing it to like a basketball thing, it's like if you're good, you're talented, you can make it in some of these sports. In NASCAR, not only do you have to be talented and like good at driving, you also need to 
have the financial backing. Mm -hmm. So what's that like for you? So that's been my absolute biggest struggle in my career is having the financial backing. Mm -hmm. I'd say 90%, 90, 95% of the people that I race against, um, come from very wealthy families. So their parents are able to write these checks for, to practice, you know, spend a couple hundred thousand dollars just practicing, not even racing. And then there's me that, that has to find sponsors to be on the track. Well, sponsors don't get any value out of me practicing. They get value of me being on TV and, and, you know, so, um, I don't get to practice as much. So that means every opportunity I get, every race, I have to make it count. That's amazing. Like, is that what pushes you to be like the best on the track? Like, hey, I come from nothing and this is my moment. Like, this yeah. is what I live for. What is that like for you? Yeah, that it's, again, just to show people like it, it doesn't matter where you come from. If you have them and you don't, you, it does color your skin, gender, nothing, none of it matters. Yeah. It's it's all about work ethic. And I know that I work harder in the gym than, than 90 maybe even 100% of my competitors. Mm-hmm. Like, I know my nutrition's on point. I know, like, I'm doing everything I can outside of the track to make sure that I'm ready when I'm at the track. Is that pressure at all um, for you to think that um, this day or this race is what determines how I do versus, like, another sport where you get your reps in consistently? Uh, there is a little bit of added pressure, um, but the biggest pressure really comes from the financial backing. Like as long as I have partners that are willing to stick with me and, you know, know that I'm doing everything I can to, to make this successful, then that's, that's what makes it great. I mean, I'm now thankful that I have really, really great marketing partners with me and great sponsors with me. And, um, some sponsors, you know, they're more worried about track results and other sponsors are more worried about how you represent them. You know, you really do have to do both and be the full package. But, um, luckily I don't feel the the results pressure as much from my sponsors. It's more just like, we need you to do all these things and market us and, and really help us on the business side. So I, I've become a businesswoman because of this, this sport. Um, but me as a driver and an athlete, I want to win more than anything. So I put more pressure on myself to win and do well than anyone else does around me. What's that behind the scenes looking like? I'm I'm sure you're crazy hours, right? Just trying to figure out how I'm going to market the race or what's coming next. Like what is, what is the behind the scenes to the NASCAR looking like? Yeah, it's pretty funny because a lot of times people are like, well, you race on weekends. So like, what do you do all day? Yeah. Like, well, I'm like, if you only knew, but um, it's a lot of like outreaching to sponsors um, and keeping those relationships. And I'm like working almost as an employee for the sponsors. So like mm-hmm. reaching out to dealerships and getting point of purchase displays in into different stores doing um, like I have three trade shows in January that I'm going to for my sponsors um, speaking engagements, podcasts, yeah. like uh, interviews, training. Um, then I have this thing called iRacing as well, which is uh, that's kind of how I practice without being in the car but it's it's kind of like a video game but uh, it's exact replica of all rep, rep, replica thank replica. you <laughs> of all the tracks um so that's another way that we can train without having to spend a bunch of money um but every, every day is kind of different for me it, it it just depends it's a lot of traveling um but i love it i love it <laughs> is that the way the nascar industry works like business wise do you have to is there a certain like you have to pay to get into these races or what, what do the sponsors provide that really helps you? Because you see 
all these NASCARs and even your suit as well. Like you have, you know, your icon and all these people, um, you watch music videos or whatever, they're mm. tatted up in sponsors on their, on their yeah. jerseys. So <laughs> I like that. Tatted <laughs> up as sponsors. I like yeah. that. So why is that? Like what is, what do the sponsors provide that the NASCAR drivers need? So to race NASCAR, it's just an extremely expensive sport. So mm. you think of the tires, the fuel, the cars, the engines, the um, upkeep of the, uh, you know, taking the cars apart every week, putting them back together, all the employees. There's tons of employees. There's eight guys working on my car every day. You know, there's um, the travel, the the travel haulers, the tra- trucks and trailer. Like, there's so much that goes into it. The, te- the technology and the engineering in it is absolutely insane. Like, m- when I work with my crew chiefs, I'm like – they're so smart. Like (laughs) they're so smart. Like, cause they need to know if I adjust this here, it affects this. And they're, they're just so intelligent. And and even that's inspiring to work with. But, um, so the sponsors essentially their funding goes to all of that, all the costs of racing. And, um, they, there's a lot of different things that sponsors look for. Some people just love having their logo on the car, but some people don't care about having their logo on the car. They care about me going to their company events and, and speaking to their employees and, you know, pushing out um, to different sales and, um, you know, the activation side of the sport, having hospitality events at the track. Like there's so many different ways that we can provide value for sponsors, which is great because it makes my job a little bit more exciting as far as selling sponsors. Um, like even social media now is huge. So now I work with marketing teams to create social media campaigns through my social media, how we're going to integrate my racing in into their marketing plans. So again, it's, it's honestly like 90% business and 10% the fun stuff getting yeah. getting to be on the racetrack and going fast where do you find that balance though like i mean you're you're working 10 to 15 hours a day and then you get that little time for yourself right like i'm sure there's crazy pressure for marketing on that stuff and then one day you're just out there racing like you're living the dream what is that like for you i think like the being on the track that's the reward of it all yeah. you know like that's that's the reward that's make it makes all the hard work worth it. And, um, I do enjoy the business side as well. Right. Like I, I did take business in school and, um, I think I, I really like business. And the nice thing is I, I kind of technically still work for myself. So, right. yeah. um, I make my own hours. I, I work when I can and, you know, I can travel when I want, you know, I was able to come back to Winnipeg for right. holidays and everything. So, um, I, there, even though you got to work hard, it, it I like that I'm in control of when I'm working and how I'm working. And, um, I, I don't love following rules. (laughs) I don't love for working for someone else. So the fact that I get to kind of, you know, do it my way is for me really grateful. I'm really grateful for that. I was just wondering just a question. What is the balance between like finding sponsors and then versus having your own brand? Have you ever thought about that? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I'm very clear on what my brand is and when I do partner with companies I really make sure that our brands align Mm -hmm. because if they don't then it's just it's not going to work it's not a good fit you know um and that's why like my my main primary sponsor right now I contract our RV parts manufacturer well I've been an RV since I was two weeks old I was bathed at the racetrack in an RV you know my parents are in Florida right now Mm -hmm. in their RV like I've I've grown up in RVs so it was was a natural fit Mm -hmm. and their branding is the underdog the the hard worker they're out of Winkler Manitoba like the 
our stories of, of how the CEO grew that business and how I grew my racing completely aligned. And that's why it was just such a good fit. My other sponsor is a trucking company with the same story, just worked really hard to build a business. And um, I would never partner with a sponsor that didn't have the same values and mission and, mm-hmm. and um, beliefs that I had. I'm curious to see, like, where did that drive come from for being that underdog, like, always working, being the hardest worker in the room? Where did you get that mentality from? You know what? I, I've thought about this a lot. Yeah. And um, I getting going to get a little deep here, oh, but I think it. a lot of it comes from my dad because my dad's raced his whole life, but my dad never helped me in racing. Mm-hmm. He never financially helped me where a lot of kids that I grew up with their dad would race and then when it was time for them to race their dad would retire and put you know their everything into their kid and my dad said if you want to race you got to do it on your own you got to pay for it you got to work on the cars like you got to do this and um I think there was times where he questioned my commitment to it and I was like what do you mean? Like yeah. uh, this is uh, the, all of my commitments into this. So I think a little bit of that was a little bit of, oh, let me show you what I can do on my own. I don't need you to be successful in racing. Like, let me show you what I can do. So I think a little bit of it was that. Um, but then I think I've always just had an inner drive to be successful. And luckily I found my purpose and my passion, which was racing cars. And so the more I achieve, the more I want to achieve too. Was there ever like a low point where you thought, hey, maybe this couldn't work for me? <laughs> yeah. More, yeah. Yeah. More times than not. Like there were, there were a year, probably three to four years where more days I was than not, I was going to be like, I'm, I'm done. Like, I, I can't do this anymore. Like I, I'm, there's no way I can make this happen. Like uh, this is done. Well, it's what, not going to work. What brought you back? I really just couldn't see myself doing anything else. And I was like, I have to make this work. Like I, I, had really really low points where I was just so depressed and like couldn't get out of bed and like couldn't believe that because in 2016 I became the first Canadian female to it and I was like after that oh my career is going to blow up like everything's going to be great and like that wasn't the case like I still couldn't I couldn't find sponsors for that next year to move up and I just couldn't believe it and so I got into a really low place and that's when I really started working on my mental toughness so like I read self-development books every single day Mm -hmm. every day I read at least 10 pages and um listen to a lot of podcasts and um just really work on my fitness as well really helps my mental toughness and just really I really worked on myself I know that's kind of sounds cliche but I just really worked on myself and the more I worked on myself the more things seem to start getting better in my life. How important is that for like the NASCAR, like racing, right? Like what, what you're doing on track and versus what you're doing off track, right? Like nutrition, sleep, gym, whatever. How, how does that impact your performance on the track? So a lot of people don't realize that NASCAR drivers are athletes. Yeah. You know, we like someone my size probably is like five to six pounds in a race, but like the larger men lose like over 10 pounds in a race because we're sweating, sweating that yeah, much. Yeah. And like these races are hours long and we have to keep that focus for hours long, not only physically, but mentally focused for that long hitting our exact marks. And like when I say hitting your marks, like you're hitting, you have to hit your mark to the like millimeter to, yeah. to make sure that, that you're ke- keeping that speed and consistency. Um, so it's difficult. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, you also got into a crash, correct? Yes. Yeah. Are you, are you able to talk about like how that was for you? Like and yeah. how, you, how you dealt with that? For sure. So, um, this was in 2020 COVID happened, right? Right. So all of my sponsors that I had lined up for the NASCAR season said, we're out, we're uh, done. 
So I had one sponsor and it was my sponsor from Winnipeg, the trucking company. And I said, look, like we don't have the budget to be able to do NASCAR now that these guys aren't helping. Like, Mm -hmm. what do you think of me going back to dirt track racing? Just so at least I can get some laps in and everything. And he's like, yeah, like if that's what you want to do, I'll support you. And um, so I went back to dirt track racing and I raced these cars called midgets Mm -hmm. and they are basically a sprint car, but without a wing, they're super light, super fast, open wheel, and anything can happen in a very short amount of time. And it did. Um, I, had a vicious, vicious flip. When I raced sprint cars, it was very common to flip. It just, it wasn't an if, it's when it's going to yeah. happen. Um, and But this was by far my worst crash ever. I f- like flipped end over end over end and landed in a fence. I don't remember anything about it. I remember like waking up, hanging in the fence, having safety crew around. I f- like passed out again, woke up again in the ambulance. I... Couldn't feel my legs, couldn't feel my arms. I thought I was paralyzed. I started freaking out. I'm like, I can't feel anything. I can't feel anything. And I was like, I'm done. Like, I had just gone engaged. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to walk down the aisle at my own wedding. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, my career's over. Like, I not only my career, but I'm not going to be able to walk. And, um, you know, they went to call my fiance. I couldn't remember the password to my phone. Like, I didn't remember his number. Like, I was like, I've just, I've had bad crashes, but this was a, like another level. And um, was in the hospital for like three days could like couldn't stop throwing up for like a week straight and like uh obviously a severe concussion and collapsed lungs and burns to my arms and yeah it was it was rough it was rough um but I think because I went through so much in in the years prior like mentally I was good I was like if I went through all this other stuff like now like going through this this is nothing like my body's gonna heal give it a couple months we'll get back in the car we'll be good but it was the first time I ever said that I was done racing like I fully said to my parents and my fiance I said I'm done racing and that lasted one day (laughs) (laughs) you're back back. (laughs) yeah and then I I was back in the car in in uh, two months so what did that recovery process look like? I'm, I'm sure not being able to re- um, recover for like two months, right? Like Yeah, I think the hardest part was I was so used to waking up, going to the gym every day right. and just like having to lay in bed and do nothing. Yeah, exactly. And like for someone who's like always busy and always working and like I, like to just do absolutely nothing was was hard. Yeah. Um, but I listened to a lot of audiobooks and um, I, about a, mu- a month into it, I was able to kind of slowly get back into the gym and stuff and... Um, so it was a little slower recovery process than I expected, but it, it all worked out. So. Is that scary? Like going forward, thinking not only that maybe my, my health is also could be impacted, but even like on the business side, like people can drop out at any time. Is that scary to think about on both sides? This probably sounds terrible, but I'm more afraid of losing sponsors than I am crashing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I, I really am. Um, I, that uh, that sounds bad because health is definitely important, sure. but crashing is just a huge part of our sport, right. and it's it. Every driver knows that there's a risk we take when we, you know, buckle up. But um, for us, it for us is worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like I'm curious to see though, like where did that come from? Like like logistics, right? Like the fear of like, oh, what if this happens? Like, why is it so much reliance on the sponsors as to like? Hey, like, why don't you just sign the contract, right? Like, you're here for a, <laughs> <laughs> put that dot on the paper, right? Like, you're here for a couple of months. Like, stick with me. Like, yeah, I mean, people have businesses that they have to run, and yeah, they have budgets, they have and they have, um, you know, they have to lay off people. They have to. Right. With COVID, so much has changed, so much has happened, and 
um, it has to make sense for them for a business standpoint, you know, mm-hmm. and racing is a very unique sport. A lot yeah. of people don't understand like where the money goes, how it works, how, you know, so um, for them, even like there's so many people, Canadian companies I've talked to that sponsor NHL yeah, and they just, they said, well, we've only ever sponsored NHL. Like, it sounds cool what you're doing. We love you. You're awesome. You're great. But like, I, we just never sponsor NASCAR. We, we like to stick to NHL. Mm-hmm. You know, some people like to stick to what they know. So, and, and that's fair. Like, yeah. I mean, everyone has to run their business their way. So yeah. I get it. Are you able to um, say any like numbers, like how, how much a sponsor would pay you and then what, like how much you win from a race if you were to? Yeah. So um, at the level I'm at now, it's over a million dollars. To win the race? No, oh. I wish. Well, I was like, Damn. <laughs> no, I, I'm in the wrong business, man. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, ne- I need seven-figure sponsorships okay. to be able to race. Um, the wins are very low compared oh, really? to what, yeah. It, no. it costs more money to race than what we actually win. Why is um, that? Why is that? I, I wish I knew. Okay. I wish I knew. It's just kind of the way the sport goes. I mean, we do win win money for sure for racing. Um, and even, like, if you get last place, you still get winnings. Okay. But uh, the cost of it is is greater than the winnings. But I'm sure, like, the winning, like, for example, you win a race, right? Like, it's all bragging uh, rights. Yeah, it's yeah. Bragging <laughs> yeah, rights. Yeah, like it's you get that champagne going. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what's that feeling? Like, man, you cross that finish line, oh. the, flag, the flag is waving. It's like. it's the best feeling in the world. Like, that's what we chase. That's why we do it. We, right. we go out there to win. And um, that's my goal this year is just to, you know, win as much as I can, hopefully go for the championship, get rookie of the year. And, yeah, we got to we gotta somehow – some. Some point in the show announced my 2022 yeah. plans. How about we do that right now? Yeah, right now? she's okay. got some big plans that she wants to share. We don't even know, so we're gonna react to this live as well. Yeah, I'm excited. But, um, yeah, here we go. Drum it. roll, please. It. Let's go. I got you. <laughs> so for the 2022 race season, I'll be racing a full season in the Arc Menard Series in the National Arc Menard Series. I'll be going for the national championship. Yes. Um, I have got the second seven figure sponsors Let's and go. Yes. um yeah so thank you icon direct glenn mcleod and sons hitch web for coming on board and making this happen so hey. th- this is this is what i've dreamed of my whole life we start at daytona i'm actually testing in daytona in a few weeks yeah. and then we race at daytona the day before the daytona 500 um uh, in february that so is sick. <laughs> huge i'll be racing talladega yeah. i'll be racing like all the most legendary tracks that i've dreamed of my whole life wow. so this is the f- this is the first time i'll be racing at a national nascar level so really pumped i mean like that, <laughs> that no, that's chill that, that gave chill. me chills imagine what you feel right thank now you. that's insane <laughs> thank you that like wow. you're working all life for your money what is that feeling like like you know this is my chance uh i just like i'm so excited for this year like i'm so excited and like i've been through so much to get here and like it's made it all worth it and i think like anyone listening like if you're struggling right now if you're like how am i gonna get out of this place and get to where i want it is possible because i've been in the lowest of lows and like i've worked eight years for this, for this moment, eight years. And yeah, it's taken a long time, but I achieved it. And now I get to go for a national championship and, and go for wins at Daytona and Talladega. Like this, like this is crazy. I'm pumped. Yeah, Those are the names you hear like Daytona 500. Like, I don't know much about NASCAR, but the little that I do, those are the big stages. Yeah. And the lights are going to be on you. Are you are you ready for that? I'm definitely You're ready. ready. <laughs> I've I've been ready. I've honestly like visualized me racing at Daytona for years. Like yeah. years. Like I can see it, I can feel it and like now it's finally happening. What are your goals going into the D- Daytona? 
win. Yeah, yeah. win. You're gonna win. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I I have full faith that I can win at Daytona. I I yeah. believe in you. <laughs> We're gonna do it. Let's go. Do you are you are you a huge person in manifestation as well? Because absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Talk about that. What, yeah. Why and how and. Actually, I'll tell you a story. So, um, in home in Winnipeg right now for the holidays, and I was in my parents' basement and looking for something, and I found my vision board uh, from 2015. It was my first vision board I had ever made. And I'm 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 with my fiance, and he's looking at it too, and I was like. I this year I've accomplished all of this. That's insane. And wow. I'm like, and I like get goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I mean, 2015. So it took me seven years to do, but I'm like, holy crap! Like the last thing on is buy a house. And yeah. That's hopefully coming up this year. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like I had North Carolina on there. Wow. I had the Arca series on there. Um, I had a reality like my own reality show on there, and I I had a reality show a couple years ago. Um winning nascar had that like i had it's just crazy what i had on there and what i was able to achieve and like my fitness goals like i met my fitness goals like everything on there i was like this is so cool and um i say i make a vision board probably like once a year Mm -hmm. like update it now i put it as my computer background just i mean it's easier with technology but seeing the one where i like you know you're gluing on and copying i'm like that's kind of cool i kind of want to get back to that you should frame that yeah Put that up in your new house. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I'm a huge believer in manifestation uh, for sure. And I think like the biggest thing too is just, I had the, what's it called? Happy destination happiness. Have you heard of that before? When it's like, I can only be happy when I get there. I had that that problem for a long time. Uh And you really have to be thankful and grateful for where you are today. Mm -hmm. And, and express gratitude for everything you have in your life even if it's not much you know like but we can all find things to be grateful for and just the fact that we get to live in Canada or the United States like that alone we have so much to be grateful for where you know we have so much freedom and and ability to choose what we do with our lives and I think that's that's a one thing I wake up every day and I'm like I'm so grateful that I get to wake up and choose to do what I want with this day and like that is really cool like really really cool so um yeah I think being grateful is a huge part of manifestation and then just visualizing what you want for your life and thinking about that and and thinking of it only in a positive way you know like law of attraction you know you you gotta attract what what you put out and um the more Another big thing I think is like jealousy. Yeah. Um, earlier in my career, I'd be really jealous of people that were succeeding, and now I'm pumped for them. Like I'm like everyone, let's win. Yeah. Like I mean, I'm just I get pumped up for anyone who has any success now. And um, yeah, you just you learn a lot in life. You know, you make mistakes and you learn from them and you keep growing. And um, yeah, yeah, I think you eventually get where you want to go. You just have to learn the lessons along the way to yeah. get there. I mean, everyone likes a good success story, but. I believe the biggest lessons are in the mistakes. Yeah, oh, 100%. So, so, like, what are the biggest mistakes you've made throughout, like, your career? Or lessons you've or, learned. Or lessons yeah. that you've learned, like, yeah. top, like, I don't know, just give me one. Yeah, it's, I think. I, I do top three, but. I think, like, being happy for others. Right. Um, being grateful for what's in front of you. I think consistency is a huge thing, like, and that's with anything, like, you can work out for, like, a week straight and be like, oh, I don't see results, I'm done. Right. Well, if you work out, like, four times a week for a year straight, you're gonna have, you're gonna get the results, so consistency is a huge, huge thing, too, and then also another thing is the work doesn't stop, 
like once you achieve one thing, you have to work two times harder to get to the next level. level. I think, I think that was my biggest mistake going into it. Like when 2016, I was like, okay, I won this race. Everything's Mm. fine. Like my life's easy now. Well, no, that's not how it works. Like you have, you have to work uh, twice as hard as you did just to get there. And now that I'm here, I know that I have to work twice as hard to get to the next level. Like you have to keep working harder and harder and harder. It doesn't get easier. You just get smarter and work harder. (laughs) Yeah. We preach about that a lot. You know, all of our guests who come on and us ourselves, you know, consistency, discipline. Yeah. Those are, those are the virtues to any, any success story a hundred percent what would you say would be like the i don't want to say challenge well you said the financial was a a huge challenge but anything that specifically had to do with like the racing aspect to it um in terms of learning um even the i'm I'm not too familiar with the terminology but in terms of the car itself the track itself what you think what would be the biggest yeah like i grew up racing dirt so i feel like my natural ability is dirt track racing and pavement and dirt even though they're both racing they're two completely different worlds um both like as an industry and at being a driver on the track like dirt is very like you go by the feel and then pavement is very much more like analytical like this is your breaking point your your acceleration point your lifting point like you have to be so exact and so precise and that that's probably been my biggest challenge and like the consistency of that because in dirt you can rip the high side and turn one and two and then go down low and three and four and then if there's a car in the way you rip down slide job like you're all over the track you're like you're searching for the moisture in the track and the traction and you're all over and you're all going by like feel we're in pavement it's totally different there's one line that's fast and you have to hit that line every single lap for 200 laps and not make any mistakes if you make a mistake it takes you 20 30 laps to get back get it back and so I think that's been my biggest struggle is just like having that consistency and like making sure I'm hitting my marks absolutely perfect every single lap for the entire race where because again in dirt like I was much more by feel and pavement you, you of course you have to feel what the car's doing because you have to give your the proper feedback to your crew chief so that he can make the proper adjustments on the car to make the car better for you so that was another big learning curve um when I transitioned from dirt to pavement was just learning what the car is doing and learning the feel of, okay, like this means it's tight. This means it's loose, like compared to a a dirt car and being able to communicate that with my crew, because if I don't communicate this stuff properly to my crew, they don't know what to do to make the proper adjustments. And the car is like more than half the battle when, winning races like if you don't have a good car and you're the best driver you won't win a race like the car has to be good so making sure that I'm really communicating what the car needs what they can do to the car so that I can be faster what's that communication looking like because like you know I'm I'm a, like an engineer it's a geek by nerd you're an engineer yeah. oh cool <laughs> like cool. student engineer but like yeah um like I'm curious to see, like, how are you communicating with your crew members? Like, what are you saying? Like, oh, just traction's low, like, the axles? Um, like so I have to explain what the car is doing mm-hmm. when I enter the corner, what the car is doing in the center of the corner, and what the car is doing exiting the corner. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, how do I put th- And then, like, on the straightaways, what's what's my rev limiter at? Am I hitting the chip? Am I, like, every okay. aspect of the car, i got to let them know what it's doing. So, um, you know, let's say... 
I go out there and I do five laps. I got to get a feel for what the car's doing. So I could say, you know, the, the car's tight on entry. Mm-hmm. So that means I'm putting a lot of wheel into it. It's not wanting to get down to the to the apex of the center. So once I'm in the center, hitting the apex, is it does it rotate properly or is it stiff? Mm-hmm. Am I rotating and am I feeling, you know, right. am I on the right rear? Am I on the right front? Am I on the left rear? Am I on the left front? And then when I exit, is it is the car pushing? Is it turning down nicely? It and then we have terminology for yeah, all of this. Very technical. Uh, very yes, technical. but I have to explain exactly what the car's doing to them, so they know what adjustments to, the, okay. to make to the car. Cool. So that's where like the engineering part yeah. and the science part, all that kind <laughs> of stuff, um, comes into play. So like, when do you know to go for like a pit stop? Um, so that other, <laughs> that's you, like can, you can tell our level of education. Yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> um, so usually there'll be like your crew, your spotter or your crew yeah, chief yeah. will come on and say, all right, we'll pit in two laps or we'll okay. pit next time by or something like that. Yeah, okay. So, um, and then if there's something wrong with the car, they'll, they'll help you out. So the spotter, we re- rely on the spotter a lot, especially at, at tracks like Daytona and Talladega because mm-hmm. they're so big, um, on, you know, the cars around us and then also just kind of like race race procedure as well okay cool i want to also get into like your social media world because you are pretty big on social media and you also mentioned you went on a reality tv show yeah uh was that for the sense of getting your name out there so you could attract more sponsors was that the main goal yeah definitely so um social media for me started like when i was younger because i was like all right i'm a winnipeg girl but i i want to be racing in the states where all the best drivers are so how do i get there and how do they get, i get them to notice me so i started making youtube videos i started really pushing myself on facebook and instagram because i'm like i need all of the people in the states to know that i'm winning races here in winnipeg yeah. you know and it worked you know they they did see it and so i really pushed that a lot and then with the reality show um when we started the reality show, I didn't have any sponsors. So I'm like, all right, this will really help put bring more exposure and more eyes on me to help bring sponsors. And it didn't work. <laughs> it really did. Like, I thought after the reality show, oh, this is going to be easy. Like, yeah, every yeah. time I think something's going to be easy, I cannot like be more wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely have learned that. I think yeah. I was a little naive going into the, all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a way, I'm happy I was because I was overly optimistic. Right. Um, yeah. But I definitely learned my lessons and now understand how difficult it is. So I'm not as naive anymore, but, um, you know, ignorance is bliss, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yo, we interrupt this episode to bring you today's sponsor, Skillshare. Skillshare is an online community with thousands of classes in design, business, tech, and more. Anyone can join the millions of the members in the community to learn cutting-edge skills, network with peers, and discover new opportunities. If you'd like to support our show and are interested in Skillshare, click the first affiliate link in our description to get your 14-day free trial on us. It's quick, easy, and you can cancel it anytime. Now back to the episode. <laughs> I'm just curious, like, have you got, like, speeding tickets here? Really? I paid for half the roads in Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> She's the one keeping me employed, right? <laughs> Even with no. the potholes? You know? Yeah. No, but seriously, um, I lost my license for three months because oh, I had like seven shit. speeding tickets when I first started. What? And um, when, so when I won that first NASCAR race, uh-huh. sorry, um, Mayor Bowman gave me an award. Right. <laughs> and I was like sitting in his, <laughs> I was sitting in his office with him and I was like he's like, All right, Amber, like no speeding. I'm like, you know I've paid for like uh, half the roads in Winnipeg with how many speeding <laughs> tickets I've gotten. Yeah. He's like, Yeah, yeah, well let, let's keep it let's keep it down. That's hilarious. <laughs> Damn. Do you drive the same I, I I assume not, but do you drive the same way on the road after 
on that track? <laughs> uh, or do you, tra- no. do you practice? Is that your practice? Well, no. Okay, so this is the issue. Is like my fiance thinks I'm a terrible driver. I know, but he hate like he will not <laughs> drive with me. Like he's yeah. like I'm driving. Like I will not <laughs> drive with you. And I think this is why, because when I'm in the race car, uh-huh. I'm so tunnel vision oh, focused, yeah. right, yeah. on what I'm doing. When I'm in a regular car, I'm like, la, da, da, da. <laughs> like I'm like, oh, I'm not in a race car, so I don't have to like focus, focus as much, exactly. you know. Yeah. So I like, I'm not as focused as I am in a race car. So I think, you know, that's that's where his issue is. But man, I'll be like, yo, I'll be swerving in and out yeah. of traffic. Like you're used to that at yeah. this point, right? Like, yeah. That's sick. What's the road rage like on the track? I assume. Like, is um, there road rage? Is like, yo, you cut me off. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. Are you flipping there's, each other off? Yeah, there's definitely still road rage. <laughs> Um, it's more like if someone's just in your way and way slower than you and they're yeah. not moving over, you're okay. like, come on, like, you know, I'm way faster, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> but, no but, problem. and then there's people who are faster than you that just knock you out of the yeah. way. So, I mean, it happens. Wait, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm, are you allowed to like touch or crash or is, what, what's the terminology? Is there a terminology? Yeah. For that? I mean, Rubin's racing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> oh. But then you have to like pay for like dance. Like, what's the MPI insurance looking like? <laughs> <laughs> There's no insurance, right? There's no, no insurance. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I figured. No, I love that question too. Like, what kind of insurance do you have on a race car? Like, yeah, we don't got insurance. What's your demerits looking like? Yeah. <laughs> that's funny, man. But yeah, like, but now I haven't lived in Winnipeg for five years, so I haven't right. got any speeding tickets here. So now my my license is going like back going up. up. Yeah, and I now I watch my speed here and <laughs> everything. So yeah, that's <laughs> sick, man. Like, I mean, man, my my initial like. If I was a race car driver, my initial attention would be like, yo, it's snow. I'm going to drift all yeah. over yeah. the place. Yeah. You know? That, that's sick. I don't know. <laughs> we interrupt this episode to bring you another sponsor. If you've ever considered building a website, you've probably definitely heard of Squarespace. Squarespace is an online website web designer that allows you to create your website from scratch using a wide range of templates. If you want to build an e-commerce site, a small business, Squarespace got it all. Click the affiliate link in our description to start building your website today. You'll be helping out the show and also creating a killer website to flex on your peers. Now back to the episode. Uh, before the before the uh, break, there, um, I asked you, what is it like being on a reality TV show? Right, like I mean, I see it. I, for example, like the biggest thing right now, reality TV show, too hot to handle. <laughs> I'd love to be on that. <laughs> right, yeah. so but what is it like? I um, it's a lot of fun, but it's also very stressful because, mm-hmm. like. The thing with social media is you get to choose what you put out there mm-hmm. and, and how you're portrayed. Right. When you're on a reality show, you don't. Yeah. Like, they can portray you however you want, and um, they can make you do things and are sneaky about things that it will make certain situations look one way when that wasn't, like, how the way it was and yeah. or leave out certain contexts that makes it seem... Um, yeah, so uh, filming is really fun for sure. Like I really enjoyed filming. I really enjoyed like working with all the girls that I got to film with and like I got to experience things that I would have never got to experience before. Like I got to go on like Kyle Busch's private jet. Like I'd never been on a private jet before, (laughs) you know, like just little things like that, that, um, I, so the show was called Racing Wives. So it was all the, um, NASCAR drivers wives but like at the top series so mm-hmm. they're all very wealthy and and live very extravagant lives and then there is me driving like a $2,500 car and yeah. like like had never been on a private plane and like never like been to these type of events and um so like it was cool because I got to see all of that um but I definitely was like felt like an outsider because like I hadn't haven't accumulated that type of wealth or anything like that or success but I got to work with Kyle Busch you know Mm -hmm. I got to race for Kyle Busch and 
Um, if you guys don't know who Kyle Busch is, he's like a NASCAR champion and one of the biggest names in NASCAR and extremely, extremely talented. So um, the fact that like I got to be coached by him and drive for him was like amazing. It, it was really, truly amazing. So I got to experience tons of good things. I'm definitely glad I did it. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself. I learned, and like, I don't know if you guys watch The Bachelor or Bachelorette, but like they yeah. say like, oh, I learned so much during this journey. Like, yeah. like you do because, yeah. you, and then watching yourself back, like you see things about yourself yeah. and like, you're like, oh, and it like, I watch, when I watched it air, like I cringed at everything. Cause I'm like, I'm <laughs> not that person anymore. Yeah. Like that's not who I am anymore. And I watch it back and I'm like, I just seem so like insecure and like, like now I'm so much more confident and like the way I handled situations then I would handle them way differently now. And like, I was such a people pleaser before and like I would, you know, and I'm not like that anymore. And now I'm, I'm just much more like confident of who I am as a person. And so it's, I think the weirdest part is watching it back and like knowing how much you've grown as a person since then Mm -hmm. and be like, Oh, I hate that people see me that way, but it definitely teaches you not to care what people think. That's for sure. Because, um, people are mean on the internet, mean, (laughs) mean, mean, mean. So, uh, yeah, it definitely gave me thicker skin and realized that like, don't let the, opinions of others dictate you know the decisions you make for yourself or the opinions you have on yourself like no one knows you better than yourself so um as long as you know who you are and you like that person that's all that matters it, it doesn't matter if people like you or not would you do it again i would mm-hmm. because like knowing what i know now okay. i would do it yeah. again um because there's things now that i would be like no i'm not doing that yeah. where like before i was like well, I, I need, I need this right yeah, now, yeah, you sure. know, like I need the show I need like, and, um, so I'm in a place now where I would be like, no, I'm not doing that, you know, where before I wouldn't be like that. So, uh, knowing what I know now, I would do it again for sure. I mean, they also manipulate like everything you do, right? Yeah. Like every situation. But you're not really aware of it at the time. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that's why I'm like, now I, now I know no, what to look for yeah. and like what to, and see how they can finesse things so now like now knowing kind of how it all works i I think i would be better but it's still like it's and like everyone just knows everything about you which is kind of weird right like yeah (laughs) yeah. i don't know we do live in a social world but yeah you know how how social is how social do you want to put yourself out there exactly that's that's yeah yeah, i've never met i can't say i've ever desired to be on a reality tv show nor have i met anyone but you know it's a cool experience i guess it, it was cool. Did you get what you wanted out of it in terms of um, your racing? No. No? No, I really thought it was going to help bring sponsorship, and, and it really didn't. I just had to keep grinding and on the business side of things t- to get the partnership. Just, like, different audience or, like? Yeah, I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess so. Yeah, yeah I guess okay. it would be the audience. Sure. I mean, you do you do have this all, like, entrepreneur side to you. You have your own uh, brand, right? Where, where did that start? Um, when did that I feel like it just started when I was probably when I raced mini sprints. Mm-hmm. So when I raced mini sprints, I was like, all right, if I'm going to do this, I got to, I really got to pump this up. And that's right. when I really started being active on social media. And, um, you know, I think my brand has changed a little bit throughout the, throughout, you know, the last 10 years, but it stayed pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something like now I'm definitely more towards the underdog right. side yeah. of things. And, um, where before, like when I raced mini sprints, locally at this track my dad had raced there so people didn't really view me as underdog because they're like well that's mike's daughter yeah. you know we're like now it's like nobody knows yeah. <laughs> who i am in nascar so now i'm the true underdog yeah. so is you, there sorry is there a way that you can 
um, your brand could like outlive your sponsors in terms of your brand makes more money or you get the money that you want from just your brand versus having to go to the sponsors? No, no. I don't think so. Um, I need like, sp- I cannot race without sponsors. Like okay. it, it just, it can't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I need sponsors to race and that's why like, I'm so grateful for them. And like, I tell them that all the time, like they're, I couldn't be living this dream without sponsors. Okay. Do you like being the underdog? Like yeah. always like, hey, yo, let me, let me show you. I uh, love being yeah. underestimated. Like yeah. I love it. Like I oh, love yeah. when people look at me and I can tell they're like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. and I'm like, all right, watch me. <laughs> yeah. Like I love it. I, I like think it's, me. I think it's the best. And like, I don't know. I think I think being underestimated is a good thing. I think yeah. being uh, the underdog is a good thing because people have lower expectations of you, mm-hmm. and um, that just makes me want to work harder. Right. So, wow. what what is some uh, like I want to ask like what's some advice you could give to that young entrepreneur out there um, who's starting or even wants to get into NASCAR or uh, sorry NASCAR <laughs> racing? What are some piece of advice you can give to them? I think it's just like don't ever give up and I know that sounds so cheesy but like it's really don't give up because this is the thing is all the years of experience you accumulate so many skills and you're constantly building on those skills and you learn so much that you're only moving forward even if it doesn't feel like you're moving forward like I was essentially at a standstill for like three to four years but I learned so much and all that work all those seeds that I planted now are, are what my dream is today and it can seem like nothing's happening for a very very long time but just keep going because it it does eventually get there and my favorite picture that has like been on social media is the picture of a guy mining and Mm. it has two two images and the first one the image is you see the diamonds and he was like this close and um he walked away and the second one was like if he just went a little further and every time i wanted to give up i'd think about that image and be like amber what if you're this close what if you're this close you're really going to give up now after 15 16 17 years of working for this you're going to give up now for what you know like it just you have to keep going like even if you can't see the light even if you're like i don't know how this is going to work i don't know how i'm going to be successful like you don't you don't need to know the how you need to know the why and you need to be dedicated and consistent and just keep being disciplined and keep pushing because you do eventually get there just it takes time and it takes learning those hard lessons um but the thing is, is even now people are like, well, what are you going to do after racing? I'm like, the the what I've learned through racing and through business, the skills I've accumulated, mm-hmm. like I feel like now I can go and start my own business and, and right. do whatever because I've learned so much doing this. Like it's, it's not going to be a waste of time, you right. know? And you have to think like that too as an entrepreneur, like everything that you learn, none of it's going to be a waste of time because you've accumulated all these new skills that you didn't have before and you, you can apply those to so many areas of life so um yeah i hope that answered the yeah question. That, that was amazing yeah like keep pushing keep grinding and most importantly keep rising yes, and sir. i'm thinking this is the best way to end off the podcast if you haven't already make sure to subscribe listen um even give us a review on apple Podcasts if you're listening there make sure to check out amber uh, keep an eye out for her on the track. Yeah. She's going to be racing. She's going to so kill it. Support her. She's Can I do a social media yeah. plug? Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Sure. All right. <laughs> My Instagram and Twitter is at Amber Balkan 10, A-M-B-R-B-A-L-C-A-E-N 10. Um, Facebook, Amber Balkan Racing. Shout out to my sponsors, Icon Direct. If you need RV parts, make sure you go to icondirect.com. And Glenn McLeod and Sons Trucking, too.
all linked in the description below. Yeah, everything's in the description below. We're live every Tuesday morning at 11.30 a.m. on the UMFM radio station, 101.5 FM. And until next time, peace. Peace. Thank Thank you you guys for having me on. Thank you. No, appreciate it. That's a wrap. (laughs) That's fun.